Hello, wool. This is blonde-haired girl. So I wanted to talk about my dad. This is kind of a story time. It's been kind of pertinent in in my life. I mean, he's he's always kind of you know lingers around me, <laughs> but um, recently I've just been identifying with him in a way that I'm that is actually a little bit scary <laughs> but anyway so my dad was born in the early 30s and you know and I'm not actually sure where I think in Oklahoma <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure my dad was born in Oklahoma um and my my it was very strange. My my grandmother had a home birth. And my dad was put in... They put him in the oven. Like, the oven wasn't on, but they put him in the oven um, <laughs> as an incubator because he, he, he... I guess he wasn't doing well. He wasn't thriving very well, like, you know, right after birth. And my, my dad's mother, my grandmother, ended up passing away a month after my dad's birth. And so, honestly, I don't really know who cared for him in his, in his infancy. I don't know if my granddad cared for him or some other family member. I don't know who cared for him as an infant and as a very young child, but at some point my my grandfather met what i know to be my grandmother cuz i never met my actual grandmother cuz she passed away you know when my dad was a month old um <laughs> just really strangely enough her name was like dorothy wilson i believe um and then took on my my dad's name, my my granddad's name, which was obviously you know what, you know what I currently go by. I go by my given name, um, on my birth certificate. <clears throat> no, um, but anyway, so, so. Then he had a um an older sister. And an older brother. He had a brother named Eugene who ended up passing away. He died when he was like seven years old from running. He was he had some kind of heart defect and he was running after a bike and just collapsed and died. <laughs> Our family has like it's always been kind of plagued with tragedy. I mean honestly his mother died and then his brother dies um so his dad ends up remarrying my grandmother and and they go on to have a son um Hugh my um my uncle and my dad grew up he was he was really kind of kind of non-complex but just sort of kind of complex and that he he was really quite religious he um 
he had thought about going into the seminary and had studied to become a priest, but ended up deciding not to become a priest because he said that he couldn't give up his conscience. That if he were to take a vow of into the priesthood, he would have had to have, have given a vow of obedience, and he didn't think he could do that. Um, and maybe it was also a propensity for liking women. <laughs> um, you know, my parents met in like the the really like this is such a crazy story. So my parents met. So my mom had this um, this cousin who, to this day, I I don't know what was like up with him, but he he had something. Like, and he scared me when I was a child. He scared me, and he basically stayed away from me, like, um, probably because he knew he scared me. <laughs> um, he had some kind of like physical and and mental challenges, so he wasn't a person who was going to be able to um, just function in society at large. And I don't know how my dad had come to know about him, but my dad started writing him these letters. And so my dad was writing my uncle that had these these challenges. And, and then my mom was was transcribing letters back to my dad for I don't even know how long and I don't even know how many letters went between them um but but um and then at some point my dad um they were going to go to a dance they they my parents met at some catholic dance they were both devout catholics uh and, you know, and it's fascinating to me, and it's sort of like what God brings together. I mean, like, truly, um, these are two people that were both brilliant, uh, extremely intelligent people. Um, and I think that my dad really understood my mom's, com- the complexity of who she was. My mom was, my mom was, if my dad was in any way complex, my mother was worse because she she was she was born I think in the thirties too, and she was born and lived through a time where women were were not excessively praised for being smart or I mean that wasn't what your role was I mean your role was just to obey your husband and have children especially as a Catholic and my mom was just never going to be that person she she was she was incredibly um driven she was a very willful person and determined and and so (laughs) In in many ways, my parents were were really well matched. <laughs> um, 
Although I have to say like throughout my, when I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but throughout my, my experience with them in their marriage was I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to be in anything like that um, because I didn't, there was a whole lot of fighting. Um, there was a lot of conflict and um, and as a child, I remember, I remember cleaning up messes, um, from physical altercations. I mean, my parents didn't like not hitting each other, but there were objects thrown around the rooms and stuff and, and not from my dad, incidentally, my poor dad, <laughs> my, my mom like threw a plate at him at one point and the plate just like shattered all over the kitchen. And then there I am, you know, like preteen, I was probably maybe 12, um, cleaning up the mess. Um, I don't know what my mom was mad about, but <laughs> My dad narrowly escaped with his life. Um, but, uh, and so I, I, I also, I also never wanted to be the kind of wife that my mom was. I felt like my mom, if you, you know, my mom definitely wore the pants in the family and, and I didn't want to be that kind of wife to a man ever, um, and so I I was kind of to the opposite, which I'm not sure was to my to my betterment, to be honest. Um, because what ended up happening with me was a lot of times I I just really because there was a whole lot that I didn't really care about. It's like you know I I just a whole 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 lot that would go on that I didn't really care about that. So this person was not very challenged until this person was challenged by me. Then something would come along that I would really care about. And, you know, and then in some ways it was kind of too late because my, my, the people that I was involved with were used to me being very go with the flow, but I was go with the flow until... I wasn't and something that was very important to me and th so they were just used to you know what they perceived to be a very meek weak kind of um, you know go with the flow kind of girl which I also could have been doing um, for other reasons I mean uh, very much so like when I think about it <clears throat> but anyway so Getting back to my to my dad. <laughs> so throughout my life he he in like my young life, I mean I remember I remember we had like the the absolute traditional family. Like we you know, getting a television back then was like a really big deal. And so you get a television and they started out in black and white and when I was young I think it was turning to color but there was no such thing as a remote control. And so what would happen is we'd be watching Gilligan's Island and the dad would come home. Whatever you were watching was gone and you were his channel changer. 
<laughs> I said, okay, change the channel to whatever they wanted to watch. And we only had about, I want to say at most six stations, like NBC, CBS, PBS, you know, I mean, there was only like six different stations. It wasn't like now with cable television where you have like 300 different choices. Um, <clears throat> um, but anyway, so my dad like watched the news a lot. I remember him watching the news and, and I, I remember, um, paying attention to the news, which is like really weird. I, I, um, I don't know that I like directly sat there with him and watched the news, but, um, And my parents were, along with being very, I have to say religious, because they were extremely Catholic and Roman Catholic. And people who know are Catholic understand that distinction. To call yourself a Roman Catholic is a distinction. And so <laughs> my parents were extremely Roman Catholic. And um, after my mother passed away recently, for some reason that I don't understand, my sisters decided to give me all of their Bibles. Okay, I'm talking all their Bibles and their prayer books. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I am the person in the family that is the least likely to ever, like, I don't read the Bible. I'm not even sure what I think about the Bible, about Christianity in general right at this moment I'm I am actually losing my religion completely at this point I don't even know maybe it's true Jesus never existed I don't know and I mean I gotta tell you I'm I'm in a, like an ex existential crisis with all of that and so I'm sitting here why did I inherit all these Bibles but the irony of it all is that like their Bibles are filled with all of these notes my parents like went through the Kino Institute in, in Arizona and in Phoenix and I guess it's some kind of Bible college. Um, and so they just knew their stuff is what I'm trying to say. They knew their stuff. And so you weren't going to, you weren't going to trip my parents up for a second, but they also were not the kind of people to like necessarily proselytize, although they really wanted us to be Catholic. It was very important to them that they passed on that religion to us. And, and, um, but they never talked about other religions negatively ever, ever. And they also did this other thing that like just really amazes me. Um, they didn't really talk about a politician who was not, they were staunch Republicans, as you can imagine, and they never talked negatively about a politician that was not, the, like whoever was the president, they were respectful to. Like I remember them, um, Jimmy Carter, when Jimmy Carter was president and my parents were rationing gas, they, they, they just were, really upright civilians, to be honest, um, and community people. My mom worked on the, on the election board. She used to do the poll, like the elections. She would serve on elections. Um, and, and one time she had me do it cause she, 
<laughs> she she made me register as a Republican back back when I first registered to vote. And she said she said you have to do that because I want you to hold the Republican space in that space because um there I guess there were a bunch of Democrats on there, but my mom ended up later um around Obama, my mom changed parties. She may not have changed parties necessarily, but I think she maybe did to to become a Democrat uh, after many years of being a Republican. Although I have to say my mom was pretty forward thinking and so she probably was a Democrat the whole time, but was quiet about it. My mom just happened to be quiet about it. But the interesting thing is, is that I I don't think she voted for Hillary Clinton in in that that election between Trump and Clinton. And she lied to me. She full on lied to me about it. She told me that she voted for Hillary, but then later said she didn't. And I don't know what the truth is, but anyway. Ah, okay. So, so what ended up happening was by the time I was about 13 years old, both of my sisters had moved out of the house and it was just, basically like honestly my dad and I um my my mother throughout my life was really big on it was almost as if we lived from Christian holiday to Christian holiday like Easter you know the feast of the assumption you know I don't know like just (laughs) um holy days of obligation which always really bothered me um I just always felt like if you were obligated to do something that is a bad intention for doing it. Even as a young child, as a young person, I thought that I just thought holy day of obligation was just a despicable thing. I didn't like it at all. Um, (laughs) But uh, I probably didn't share that with my parents, (laughs) that I didn't like that. But they forced me to go to mass every Sunday. And my parents were very strange in this way. They really, we would always come in the side door and walk into the, through the front of church and we wouldn't sit in the front row, but we would sit somewhere in the front and I just hated it. I just, I I just hated that. I was so uncomfortable with that. Like, um, and, and I remember, I remember people, my, my dad saying, you know, basically you're so vain, like you, people are not looking at you. And he was wrong. I I could feel that people were looking at me. I could feel it. And so people in the community kind of knew who I was. I mean, they'd watched me grow up, you know, in the front of church, you know, since I was a kid. But Anyway, my mom, my mom was really big on the holidays, and she did her best to like make them special. And so um, there was a lot that went into it and, and, and it was actually extremely stressful time, which I don't think is, 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 um, specific to my family. I think that that's a, that's a pretty big phenomena to be getting ready to have a celebration in your house and it being a stressful time. But as the years have gone on for me, I have really worked that out. It's like, I don't want it to be a stressful time. And, and so I, 
I try my dangest to, because I started to see a pattern with me of this stress building up. And I'm like, I, I'm just not doing that. And it's to be celebrated. And I'm not going to, I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing setting up for this is what I'm trying to say. You know, like <laughs> last, last Christmas, you know, I spent a few days, um, I f- spent the whole day like cooking and cleaning and everything and, 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 you know, and drinking a little bit of wine as I was going along. And I, and so it was a really enjoyable thing for me. And so by the time people get there, you know, I'm quite jolly, <laughs> like literally, and um, ready to be happy. But okay, so I in my in my my kind of early teens. Um, my actually my early teens. Both my sisters move out, and my mom. My mom had for years been a census taker. She went to work for the Bureau of the Census. And and so I was alone with my parents and mostly my dad. And I came home from school and and I, I, I'm guessing I came home maybe about the same time as my dad or you know, somewhere in there and the house was just very quiet and it was the two of us and a lot of times I would cook him dinner and <laughs> I I wasn't really the greatest cook back then, to be honest. And I remember he used to he used to not eat meat on Fridays and my dad absolutely hated fish. He would never, ever eat fish. It didn't matter what kind of fish, he just, there was this massive boycott on fish. <laughs> and um, and I remember this one time, like, cooking him this steak on a Friday, and I made a mistake, but he ate it anyway, and it was so overcooked. I don't know how my dad ate that thing. Oh, Gemini. He was so sweet, though. Like, he wouldn't, he, you know, just because I cooked it, he forced himself not only to eat, a very, very tough, leathery-like piece of steak, but also, to um, on a Friday, which... <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so... So, I'm, I'm kind of going through it, and I'm, I'm getting through high school. So, this was about... This was the senior... Um, actually, it would not have been... I'm trying to keep this straight... No, yeah, it would have been. Okay, so around my senior year of high school, my dad is um, admitted to the hospital to have a triple bypass surgery. Okay, so now we're talking a long time ago, <laughs> actually. And and he he goes in for surgery, and it was really weird. At the same time, I, I was considering becoming a nurse. And... And I would be in the room and everything they did to my dad, I would almost pass out. I would have to leave the room because I was just going to like fall over. Uh, I was, I, so at that point I realized I don't think that I am set for the nursing profession. So I, I, I actually changed, like at that point I decided I'm not going to become a nurse. Um, and it was a really scary time. Um, and thank God my dad, you know, recovered and came home and, 
he ended up living another five years. And during those years, I was off to college. I mean, I was I was a few a couple of years of those I was off to college because I found out that my dad had passed away when when I was off to college. But over the years my dad used to say these these like comments sometimes like I remember one time he said to me he said I'm I'm worth more dead than I am alive. He said that to me. Um, which was a little bit of a scary prospect. And I don't know that he wasn't preparing me. And I, I don't know if my dad like categorically knew that he was going to pass away young or what. Um, but I remember what ended up happening was I had, I had come home from college because at the time I was at NAU and my parents lived in on the other side of the tracks, which makes me laugh, but my parents lived in like kind of, kind of central West Phoenix. And, and I, I was going to NAU and I had come home for the weekend and I, and I was glad that I had come home from the weekend. I, <clears throat> what had happened was I had, I had gone through a very, a very painful breakup from somebody that I, I really thought that I was going to spend my life with this person. And, and I, I was really, I was really not doing well. And I had called my dad and and after the breakup, we had ended up sending letters back and forth to one another. And, um, and I sent him a letter and then I didn't receive a letter. It had been like about a month and I hadn't received a letter back from this guy. And I was, I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I just wasn't doing well. And, um, this was back well before cell phones. I mean, there were telephones, but um, there was also long distance charges. So like if I were to actually call this person on the phone, there would be a long distance charge that I knew that my parents wouldn't appreciate. Although I do think that I was talking to him when I was at school. I, I don't know how that was all going down. But um, so I called my dad because I was just devastated. And, um, and I said, I said, um, I was telling him what happened, you know, I, and I hadn't heard from him and my dad said very sternly and very, the best thing that boy can do is just stay away from you. This is what he said to me. And, um, I promptly got off the phone with him and my dad and I, I just cried. I mean, I was just, I don't think he knew how absolutely fragile that I was. And so I wasn't going to go home. I just wasn't going to go home that weekend because I was so hurt by what he said, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go home. And so I went home and, and then I remember my parents had dropped me off at my sister's house for me to catch a ride with somebody. And I remember the last words that my dad said to me as he walked out the door were, I love you. And he, and my dad wasn't a big hugger. 
Um, but he may have given me like a side hug or something. I mean, my dad, I knew that my dad loved me and believed in me and he, he really was my everything. He was, um, and, um, and he passed away two days later. I got, I got a phone call on a Tuesday. So I saw him on Sunday and then he passed on Tuesday, which is so weird. I just had this weird thing with my mom. I saw my mom on a Sunday and she passed away on a Wednesday. Um, I mean, I'm very lucky, you know, that I got to see my parents. Um, but anyway, so what had happened was, is that he had, he, well, he had been not feeling that great and he had gone to the doctor and the doctor said he was perfectly fine, but he said that he felt like something had sprung loose and his, and it around his heart. And he ended up walking and somewhat running to a bus stop, um, probably a mile from our house. And he was sitting at the bus stop and he just had a slumped over. And I think somebody else may have been there too and called, you know, an ambulance and they worked on him trying to revive him and he did not come back. So he had a massive heart attack and left, um, the, you know, this, this plane. And really ironically, kind of strangely, um, a, a, boyfriend of mine that was before the man that I was talking about that I had just had that breakup from his partner he was an EMT and his partner had worked on my dad um which was really strange <laughs> but anyway so so I had these like two massive losses in my life and and honestly I I was just different after that it really changed me um, losses in my life have, have, have changed me. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so all this is pertinent to me is that I'm, I'm, I, for years, I, I had this like underlying feeling that my dad wasn't happy and he was, he was really more for the next life <clears throat> because of his faith and his belief that the next life was going to be better than this one, this place called heaven. Um, I, I, I just kind of felt, took on this belief that I wasn't enough for my dad to actually stay here. <clears throat> and so I'm coming on to the age, you know, not not quite there yet, but of where my dad was when he, when he left to the world. And I, I'm, I'm just sort of in this really weird way. So sort of understanding him in, in a little bit better. Um, what's happening for me is, is that the world is really changing. The world is just changing, like in this, this kind of bizarre way for me you know, into kind of this automation, you know, and kind of as much as they're trying to say this idea of 
of pro-life, I feel like it's kind of not. It's it's like this this idea of of forcing a certain type of belief onto everyone, and this belief that it must be like this nuclear male female nuclear family and who I believe that they are going to ultimately be against divorce. I think that that is a whole lot of what's happening right now is that. They don't want women to have choices to get an education and to have choices, like even in a marriage, to be able to divorce her husband. So he can he can just be lazy and treat her appallingly and she's supposed to just, just stay, be dependent and obedient, and, you know, and truly a second-class citizen. And, and, it, and it's not only that, it's just, I'm just like, I thought that there was in somewhere in all of this, like wanting the betterment of humanity. And I'm just, I'm losing that there's really anything out there, any, like, I don't see it hardly anywhere except for in the people. Like, I don't see anybody who... It's like a politician, minus maybe Beto. Um, and, you know, just a few of them, Katie Porter, maybe. I was like, who, who, I feel like they are really there for their constituents. You know, I mean, finding out that Nancy Pelosi all these years has just been, you know, insider trading. You know, find out what she's doing and do that because you'll make a ton of money. You know, who I, I I really loved Nancy Pelosi, and I'm sad that I feel like she's she is kind of corrupt. I mean, it's like they're all kind of corrupt to one degree or another. And so I'm I'm I just I want to believe the best, you know, and and I and I'm just kind of seeing that that I don't know that there's anything really in this world, on the planet, in this time and space and this reality that is is going even remotely in a direction that I appreciate. And this is this is strangely directly dichotomous to how I was feeling in, in November, where I really felt like that that it wasn't just I, but like a, a whole lot of people were instrumental in holding the line for the Democratic Party. But there's a bunch of people who got reelected that are that are like truly just nutty, just nutcases, the stuff that flies out of their mouth. You know, I, I'm I'm just and that people would actually elect this person into office is, is mind-blowing to me. Um, except that these people believe in, in, in the garbage that comes out of their mouth. I mean, like, true garbage. Like, I guess that CPAC is happening. Um, uh, I guess the, the conservative convention is happening. I may not be saying that properly. 
this week, um, starting on the 1st, um, in, I want to say Virginia, but I might be wrong. They're having, and, and all these people are speaking that are, that are just these nutcases and are saying that all, you know, like the number one thing is that the election was stolen. And in Arizona, the the person who was in charge of the elections was a Republican. And so I think he resented to no end being being accused of a fraudulent election when he was a Republican and being sued and having a recount in all of this when he knew that it was a fair election. I know I'm going off on this, but um, but a bigger issue with me is actually just being able to create the life that I want. And so my dad lived in a in a paradigm where he didn't like necessarily I feel like he just really felt stuck that that he didn't have a lot of control or say over his life and felt kind of stuck. I mean, I just got this impression over the years that he that he he my dad was a really, really, really good man and was never going to make a decision or a choice that was against his conscience or against his religion. You know, and then there's me who was my, I guess I've just sort of lived out loud in a lot of ways. And I, I am, but I can't seem to get to the next level or the next spot in my life. I'm so I'm 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 really hoping to make a massive change in my life in the next few months. And and I'm you know and I'm doing my practices which is you know you know they say you know writing down your goals you know meditating believing the wish already fulfilled knowing that it's coming acting as if you know I mean I'm I'm doing all of my regular practices but honestly I've been doing them for years and while my life has in many ways changed in some ways it hasn't in some ways it hasn't and I and I just you know I I just I'm not really sure, you know, and I, and I guess just recently, I just like sort of feel like I just giving up. Like, maybe all of this is just a bunch of bullocks, you know, like, I just, I just wonder, like, maybe it's just a bunch of bullocks, you know, that we can create the life of our dreams, you know, think and grow rich, you know, what I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I want to believe that it is a law, that it is a law that is foolproof, that that you do A and B and C is the outcome. I want to believe that. But in my practice, in my own life, it is it's just not that simple. And I and I and I just so just so like have this angst about these theorists that say, okay, well then you're you're not doing it right or you're not that good enough yet or whatever they might have to say about about 
my practice. That, it, that it's always me, the reason why this thing hasn't come into my physicality or, you know, this hasn't come to fruition in my life. And I, and I, in so many ways, I just feel like that is, that is so counterproductive to turn this thing around on ourselves, especially people who are really introvert, in, introspective, and who is our, who is our, I'm already examining myself, my thoughts, my everything to ridiculous amounts that, that, you know, knowing that I'm responsible. I mean, I, I, I kind of know that. And then, so then I just, you know, so what do I do? What are my practices to listen to different music? to listen to different music, to just get my mind off of it, to go take a walk, to, you know, do things that are going to get my mind off of it, whatever it is. And so I, I sort of understand where my dad was coming from. And I got to tell you, the, the thing that is that is really in so many ways, holding me on to this, to the, into my life. There's a few things that are holding me on, me on into my life. And the first one has to do with, I do not want my children to ever think that they weren't enough for me to stay. The, the devastation that, that would happen for my children if I, if I left this plane, I just think it would, you know, I know what that kind of pain feels like. And so firstly, I'm, you know, I don't want them to ever feel that way. Um, and then also the, in this, just this, just the smallest spark of hope. And, and I also feel in so many ways, like I have a good thing going here. I, I have a, I have a really nice vessel that I live in, like my body. I like my body and I feel like I'm, I, I, I've got a good thing going here. I've got a pretty good life. When I actually look at my life, I, I, I'm able to do a lot of things that I would like to do. And I have my little habits that, um, you know, going to the farmer's market, eating good food, you know, just taking my walks, uh, you know, I mean, I just, that I think that it, that it is worth it to, to see about another day, to choose this life, um, and not just check out. I really believe at this point in my life, you know, I, I think that it may be a few things. I think that it may just be totally based on our beliefs about it, that there is a set day and time that we're going to pass out of our body and it was determined before we were born. Um, some people believe that. And then my dad used to tell me that he believes that it's just random. My dad said he thought it was random. He didn't think that it was it was determined. And I think that it may be just totally on our beliefs about it. But I do believe that people who start to fixate on the next life and not being here will find themselves there. I, I, I do. I have that belief. 
And so, and so I, I changing my focus to my life in this still, this small, small, small seed of hope that, that I will be able to, I guess, surrender to the, the flow of creation and, and have the life of my dreams. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to talk about something else, but I'm not going to, I'm going to save that for another podcast. I really appreciate you listening and I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.